You are now listening to the Sincerely Shameless Podcast, where the resilient, relentless, and shameless thrive. What is up, Sincerely Shameless family and friends? It is your host, one of your favorite girlfriends on the block, Sarah J. I am super excited to be back in my chair with a listening ear. I hope your week has been well, and I hope the rest of your week only continues to get better. Again, you are now tuning into the Sincerely Shameless podcast. Have you ever done something that is now tormenting how you see yourself? Perhaps you stole something and you can't stop. You saw something and now you're becoming more and more like it. Maybe you are a part of an affair and now you've convinced yourself you'll never ever have someone to yourself who genuinely loves you. Or you contributed to someone else's demise and now all you see is failure for yourself. If you've experienced this, then you know the root of all of these instances is guilt, shame, and deception. And I wanna be the first one to let you know, you cannot exit this emotionally destructive looping cycle until you rid yourself of those three core emotions. On this week's podcast, the topic is authenticity and acceptance. You cannot do both without removing guilt, shame, and deception. All right, so this one's going to be a heavy one. This one's going to be a heavy one because it just is. And um, for season four, I really wanted to dive into what shame really does to the human body, to the human mind, and to, to the humans that in, are, are in um, communication and are impacted by the person who lives in high levels of shame, guilt, deception. And so originally when I had created these notes, I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I do not want to, <laughs> I do not want to say this. And so y'all know I typically drop podcast releases on Saturdays, but it was so heavy for me because I realized um, I too struggle in this area. So I was like, dang, like I really don't want to do it, but now we here. Okay. So I want you to know that this topic, this conversation will be a bit heavy, but trust me, you know, we'll end on a happy note and it's the work that needs to be done. So we're going to do that work anyways. And um, I want you to know that you'll be fine. You'll be okay. It's okay. And we got this. So when I came to this podcast episode, I created a worksheet and I kind of traced where I struggled in guilt, shame, and I figured later that there was deception from the beginning. So deception is the first emotion or the first instance that happens that leads you to a path of guilt and shame. So I I do want to break those two up. And so on my worksheet, it's kind of like a roadmap of emotions. And if you guys need this, um, I can definitely pull this up, print this, and you got pull this up and upload it and you guys can get it from the website. But basically, 
in light, it starts with a thought or a conversation. So I'm going to expose myself to break this down for you all. And then as you're listening, I want you to see yourself in it and kind of trace those same things and see if you can rid yourself of these three emotions. Um, So the thought was that entered my mind as a young girl um, looking for food in the house is that I'll always lack. I'll always miss something. There will always be something that I don't have. I'll always need. I'll always want. Like my wants will never be fulfilled. Not all of them. My needs will never be fulfilled. Not all of them. And that very thought started to um, form a seed and the other emotions of my life began to cover it. And every time I was told we don't have enough or no, we can't have that or we don't have money for that or um, just plain no, it began to nurture the seed of I knew I would always lack. And so when we think of this roadmap of emotions, I want you to also know for me, it was feeling like I would always lack. Um, This could either be a self-destroying thought or conversation. This could be a self-over-inflating conversation. This could be a decreasing self-esteem from an outside source conversation or thought. So for me, it was a personal conversation between myself and my circumstances that continually pronounced that I would always be in lack. And so growing up, the um, the thought then became a behavior and the behavior was stealing. And it started small. It started with stealing a pack of gum because I knew when we got out of the car, my mom said, don't touch nothing. Don't look at nothing. Don't breathe in there nothing. Don't roll that cart up against my heels. And when it's time to go, let's go. And yes, that is a um, direction that you want to give your children because you got to get in and get out of the store. Like there is no, no frustration there. However, I did want a pack of gum, but this continual thought of I will always lack then turned into a behavior of let me just grab it. My, 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 why didn't I get caught then? (laughs) Because then it proceeded with, Now I want, you know, some chips. And so I walk in the store and I see it. I open the bag of chips, conceal, because, you know, they put all that air in there. I got to conceal the air, get rid of that, and then put it, you know, in my book bag because I wanted chips. But because I knew I couldn't get it from my mom, she was going to say no. As I got older and we were fit when I was 15 and 16, um, my mom would leave the house for long periods of time. And I had a younger sister and we'd be hungry. And so we'd map out a plan. We'd go into the nearest Aldi or grocery store and, you know, she'd get the frozens, I'd get um, the produce and we'd go in the store and we'd get food and walk out with it, stealing basically. Again, this thought of always lacking had crippled me and my younger sister. for a very long time. 
to where it didn't just stop with stealing for food. It would continue to steal for myself emotionally, rob myself of experiences, steal from friends by way of their time, um, their boundaries. Stealing was one of those things that should just go under the radar if you allowed it, but then it could also be in product. And um, so that very thought turned into a behavior of continual stealing. Um, In fact, it was the one thing that got my younger sister and I not necessarily kicked out of because my mom withdrew us, but we didn't have food to eat. And I had to play in a big basketball game. And um, at the high school I was at, we stole $10 from a young girl and um, we went and got pizza and a drink. And we put the $6 back, but we also got caught on camera. So again, this thought of lack had crippled me all the way up and throughout high school and some. And for me, the way I had to see this and how I want us to start looking at it is, Though I had never really lacked anything because I believed I would lack, it was my reality. So after that, everything was, I don't ever have enough. I don't ever have anything. When I'd had a roof over my head, I had a vehicle, I had education, I had friends, I had family. But this thought kept permeating and it only produced this behavior to constantly rob and steal. So the behavior aligned with the thought, but that did not mean that's who I was and it did not mean that's who I'd be for a lifetime. And so at this point, I want you to know this is where you enter deception lane. This is literally deception where you perform or behave one way that is contrary to who you are. That is the purest form of deception in its most basicness, right? And so after you have deception, you it becomes a secret, right? Because others have saw, saw me as, you know, well-spoken, educated, talented, funny, loving person. And for me, I had to steal in order for me to feel like I could survive in this world. And so now it's my secret, right? And anything that you do in secrecy produces a bit of guilt, right? And so now I feel guilty because people are speaking such high things and sending praises my way. And I'm like, oh my God, I just stole a tomato because I wanted one. And so I feel the guilt. And then at night, when I try to go to bed, I wrestle with the shame of why can't I stop? So that was the emotional worksheet. And I don't know how you can contribute that to your life, but start with the very small seeds that have been planted, the um, conversations that have been had for and around you and ask yourself, does it align with who you are? And take that roadmap from thought to behavior and from behavior to deception. And it's very simple. And so for me, that is what it was. And I can do that for a million other things in my life, but you cannot exit this cycle of deception that continually places you in guilt and shame until you accept it which is what we're talking about.
authenticity and acceptance. And so just a couple of pointers, living authentic and an acceptance is for the brave and the courageous. It is human nature to have flaws and to make mistakes. No one asks for perfection, but progression is a must. So I know that was a lot. And I hope you are not judging me. You better not be. So stealing was mine, right? And that was just one of the many deceptive ways I had been convinced by a thought and or an outside or inner conversation with myself about what my life would look like. And those were the behaviors that followed. Now, I want to be very clear when we say, or when I say operating in acceptance. Acceptance does not totally void the past. It does not say that you do not feel any emotions towards it. It is not a victim mentality to say that's what I did and it is what it is and deal with it, right? Not that. That if you are saying that, then you still you need to go back and retrace. That's not acceptance. Acceptance is recognizing why you did what you did, what stage of life you were in, if there were any contributing environmental factors that led to this and what the outcome was. Once you can identify that, then you're operating in a form of acceptance and healing, and then you can go forth with your most most authentic self. So remember, authenticity says, yes, I did do that. It is not my most proud moment. However, this is where I am today. Shame says, well, I don't want to talk about it. And if you don't like it, you can go. Know that shame will continually end friendships, relationships, and partnerships because of a lack of accountability and acceptance. No, you do not need to make someone live in their past You do not have to continue to say, I remember you when, because that person has moved on. But if you are operating in shame, you are already telling yourself this. You are in a place where you cannot move forward. Guilt says, I guess I will never have this or that because I robbed this and that from a very person. So just be mindful of the tactics of deception and know that you cannot just be deceived and have no other emotion attached to it that does not negatively impact your esteem, your self-worth, and how you see people, places, and things. Please don't allow deception to rob you like that. So, While you are healing after self-inflicted issues, like maybe perhaps you had a conversation with yourself about stealing, or maybe you participated in an affair with someone else, um, someone else's spouse or someone else's lover, or you were the person who participated, or I don't know, um, maybe you started gossiping about people and now you can't stop. Perhaps it's childhood trauma, maybe it's young adult trauma, or even current life instances. Just be sure to do all that you can to close the wound. And that means sitting down and tracing the distract, the deception. 
sitting down and tracing the shame and how it is impacting you, the secrets, the lies that you've had to tell, the hours that have gone missing from your day because you can't really speak of it, um, and the guilt, the thing that torments you at night to where you can't sleep. Be sure that you do all that you can to close that wound. You aren't mandated to tell everyone your story and just know that you tell it when you are ready. But in the meantime, or I'd like to say while in the middle, do all that you can to heal, to get well. And do not compromise your authentic self for the approval of others and never reopen the wound that you haven't fully closed. That was a heavy topic. I hope that you were able to make it through that one because I had to stop a couple of times for myself and make sure I was looking at it correctly before I did it. But that is what the Sincerely Shameless podcast is all about. We are sincerely shameless because the shameless shameless. And um, the only way we can live authentically and fully in acceptance of who we are day after day after day is by confronting those. And um I don't know why God always has me exposed in mind, but I confront my areas of deception, guilt, shame, rejection, fear, and abandonment with you all. So in hopes that maybe you can get that much closer to being able to do it for yourself. Oh my gosh, y'all, we made it through. We made it through segment one of the Sincerely Shameless podcast, okay? And I am happy to announce we have reached segment two of the Sincerely Shameless podcast, and it is story time. This one's going to be kind of fun. It's a bit heavy, but we're going to we're gonna make it fun because we, we've done the heavy lifting already, and we done, okay? This is the lighter part of our workout. We're walking on the treadmill, okay? We're walking. So the story time is... How I did not walk in my most authentic self. And I do not know why I chose that word because I cannot say authentic well at all. Say it three times. (laughs) Authentic, authentic. All right. So this is a time when I did not choose to be my most authentic self in hopes of convincing others around me that I was more than what I led to be. So this was a time when, um, let's go back, mm, let's go back to 2014, 2015. So if you don't know this about me, my mom is a PK, her father was a pastor, and her mother was a rebellious non-first lady because that is just not something that she wanted to do, and I understand why. Growing up with my mother, she was considered more so um, the, I don't know, Y'all still use this term, the black sheep. Let's just, let's go with that one. Um, And we received a little bit of that. You know, your mama can't be a black sheep and the kids not be that too. You know what I'm saying? So we did, we were raised in the church, but my mom, when they decided, my mom and my dad decided to move to Atlanta, they did not conform to that. So, you know, my dad attended Bedside Baptist and I was like, well, shoot, that's not like a church I want to go to. <laughs> How many members are there? <laughs> Do they got Sunday school? Can I go? And till I realized it really just meant sleeping in. And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do that. I definitely want to know about that. 
Um, however, my mom did not force um, the gospel, church, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit down our throats. It was take it as you can. Um, she was a very hands-off type of person, which I'm very grateful for now. And it allowed me to create my own um, relationship with God. It allowed me to understand God for myself. I did not have to take on the holy shabak for my mom's mom's mom and mom right which was awesome however it did leave me in a place of um instability when it came to others because myself and god already had you know a relationship and so when i entered this church in 2014 2015 i was still a partier um i love to party you know um and i was a drinker and i still drink wine so you know, don't go ahead and praise me, Hosanna, right now, okay? Um, God's still working. And um, I was out in these streets, like I was living, right? I mean, I, I mean, I made a decent salary, you know, I had a decent vehicle, you know, I was decent out here in these streets, so I was decent in the streets, you know, but I still love God. Like, it, you know, it didn't take anything away from that. And so when I attended this church, there was this saying called, like, you're not save, save. And I was like, why you had to say it twice, though? Like, so apparently when you add a word, to the same word, it just add, it amplifies the meaning of it. And so I didn't like not being seen or perceived as someone who wasn't saved, saved, because I was. Like, I went under the water, and I believe in my heart and my mind, and that Jesus Christ, you know, is Jesus is Lord, you know, went on the cross. You know, the whole, you know, benediction. I believe that, right? So... <laughs> I was very perplexed as to how people could look at me just on the surface without having a conversation, without um, knowing anything that I'd experienced, not knowing everything that God had already brought me through and just deem like just on look, just on on site, Sarah's not saved. I'm like, dag, like, so you're going to take my whole salvation away because of a look, um, which I think now is what birth cancel culture. Another topic another episode. Okay. So in this, in my easily impressionable years is what I would call it. I then decided to say that I cared so much about others and what they thought about me because later in life, they'd be a part of who could contribute to the brand or who could slander my name later in life that I went full on make myself look saved. So it changed. I changed how I wore my hair. I changed how um, I spoke to people. Y'all, I stopped cussing. And listen, let me tell you, let me tell you the, the best of the best that the saints can cuss you clean out. Okay. <laughs> it's called, <laughs> it's called in tongues. It ain't, ain't not heavenly, <laughs> but it's a form of a tongue. Okay. And I can do it, honey. I learned from the best. My dad is a premier cusser out of her. Okay. So I stopped cussing. Like I changed my hair. I changed how I dressed. I'd always be in business casual. And um, let me tell you, folks still was like, she ain't saved, not saved, saved. I'm like, dang, so what else I got to do now? So um, I ended up um, switching churches and I started going to a church that prayed all day. And I felt like if people saw me praying more and more and more, they would know that I was saved. Like that's the evidence of being saved, right? Y'all, I didn't know that it was deception just looping and looping. So here I am. Four years in, trying to convince people who don't pay a darn bill in my house, okay, 
ain't offered to feed me, clothe me, my God, um, anything to show them that I'm saved when in actuality, the only person that needed to know that I was saved was myself and my creator. And so I had been literally what I would call in a snare of deception for four years in works, trying to prove to myself, God and others that I was saved, not knowing that God would still love me regardless, okay? And so that is my story time. And it falls right in line with the topic. You cannot compromise your authentic self. You cannot compromise the work and the acceptance that you've done for yourself for the likes of man. You will always be in bondage when it comes to what others think. What others think and believe about you is truly none of your business. Let me tell you the freedom that I've experienced the moment I took man out of my relationship with God. I pray now more than ever without this need to, you know, say big words. I'm just like, you know, my prayer is God, fix it. You see what this is? You see this? Fix it. You know, having that freedom to do that. I don't have to boast about how many hours I can pray. Yeah, I can pray for 10 hours. I'm going to tell you half of it, I will sleep though, right? But this concept of let me show you better than I can tell you had to really fall off of me. I had to be delivered. I had to be delivered from that. And it wasn't like I had went and got oil doused on me. I just decided that Sarah, this is no longer healthy for you. This is not a, who are you trying to prove? Who is your God at this point? Is man your God or is God your God? Because right now you're working for man and you can't serve both. There it is. That's the story time. That That's it. I want you to know you can't do both, okay? <laughs> So that is my story time. I want you to know that I am walking in full healing on that. My relationship is now defined by what God has called me to do and my total acceptance to the call and that there is not a man, woman, person, place, or thing that can, can convince me out of it and or convince me otherwise. And um, I don't know what deception has brought you to and through, but... I want you to know that you can get out of it too. All right, y'all. We have made it to the third and almost final segment of the podcast, and it is total assumption. So I was recently in Kroger, and um, I had just just literally left visiting my father at um, the hospital, and I walked into Kroger and I said, okay, let me grab a glass of wine. Let me grab some dark chocolate covered almonds. Let me grab, um, you know, a couple of vegetables and let me get out of there. It was supposed to be an in and out. I was on the phone talking to a girlfriend of mine and I'd grab these things in under four minutes and I had walked to the line and I went and, you know, stood in line. So as I'm standing there, the next line, um, the le- the next like what is it? Personal cash checkout where you can self-checkout had become available. As I'm walking up, 
this woman sticks her hands out like halt in the name of grocery shopping, literally. And she says, excuse me, were you in line? <laughs> Y'all just got mad all over again. Ah, I looked at her. I looked at the line. I looked at how close I was. And then I saw a glimpse of my bank account and there wasn't enough money in there for bail. Okay. So I had to totally assume something completely different to get out of the situation. This was an um, older white woman who had put her hand up at me. The gentleman that was behind me, and I'm just giving y'all full context, was an older white man that was behind me. And so these were the thoughts that ran through my mind. And I'm going to tell you which one I landed on in order for me to make it out of this situation. My first thought was, sis, are you showing out in front of company? Are you throwing your hand up at me because you're black? Because I'm black, right? That was first. My second was, do you have a point to prove? My third one is, is this guy behind me your husband and you think he should be next in line, right? These are the thoughts that's running. All of those would have invoked a negative experience going forward, right? All of them would have caused me to say choice word, choice word, choice word, bleep, 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 who to bleep, 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 bleep. And I don't think I would have made it out with those groceries, y'all. I just don't, I just don't see it. So the one that I, let me tell you which one I had to totally assume, and this is going to blow your mind. I totally assumed that she was a Kroger cashier and she took her uniform off and she does security. <laughs> And that she had forgot that she clocked out and that she was trying to regulate the line. I couldn't, I could not live on she's doing this because I'm black. Because chances are it probably has nothing to do with that. And that she and that she's not doing this to show out because she probably don't know these people. She don't have a point to prove. I couldn't live on the fact that the guy behind me was her husband because why wouldn't he be in line with her? So I had to totally assume that this woman was a cashier at the Kroger who had taken her uniform off and just wanted to see that all of the shoppers at Kroger had an equal opportunity to wring out their groceries and go home. So within this 30 second span of silence, you all, I had my mask on so she don't know what my mouth was looking like because you know it was crazy. But these eyebrows, when I when I draw them on, they don't move, okay? So I looked at her and all of these thoughts rushed through my mind. And I landed on the fact that she was a clerk. She was a cashier. I left it at that. And I said, thank you so much for being the change that you want to see. I proceeded to move around the opposition. She was my opposition. And I rang my groceries up and I left. You guys. There is so much value in choosing what your assumption will be instead of totally assuming on the side of negativity. I promise you it only decreases your experience in life versus increasing your joy on this earth. I'm telling you. 
That was my total assumption. And I made it out of that store in one piece without having to spend the little bit of bell money I didn't have. And I was able to enjoy a glass of wine and chuckle over the fact that that is how far I've had to come. The only way we will heal as a community, as a people, as a collective is by giving grace. And that is what I decided to do in that moment. All right, family and friends, we have made it to the fourth and final segment of the podcast, and it is called Candidly Sarah J. So candidly, I have a tip and a resource for you. The tip of today and the tip of the week, and hopefully it's the tip of a lifetime, is to do your work. Do not be selfish. Do not um, assume that there's healing. Once you've healed, you don't have to do it again. Um, Do not say, this is who I am and take me as I am. Continually do your work. It will increase your experience here on earth. And um, those around you just have a better experience. And ultimately, when people have a better experience, they keep coming back, okay? Do your work. Trace your trauma. Trace your shame. Trace your guilt. Trace your abandonment, your rejection, your low self-esteem, your insecurities. We all have them. Trace those back to the very seed and uproot it, okay? I want to be the first one, if not possibly the last person to tell you this, because you've probably heard it before, but the work is never ending. If it's not your emotions, it's probably your finances. If it ain't your finances, it's probably your mental. If it ain't your mental, it's the kids. If it ain't the kids, it's the hubby. If it ain't the hubby, it's the the wife. If it it ain't the wife, it's you. And most times, it's you. Let's continue to look at who we are and how we as individuals show up in everyday experiences and by asking ourselves those tough questions, those daily check-ins. Am I happy today? Was there something I missed yesterday? Was there something I could have done to increase my happiness yesterday? Do I expect joy today? What do I want that to look like? Am I feeling my best emotionally Do I have a new insecurity that's just been created? What am I looking at? What am I thinking about? What am I taking in? What am I consuming? What do I need to get rid of? Do I need to watch scary movies? Do I need to watch more shows about joy? Do I need to increase my hope? Do I need to decrease who I speak to on a day-to-day basis? Do I really need to take that phone call? All of those questions are a part of the daily self-check-in. And that's what allows us to do the work. It's a daily work. It is a daily decision to work on yourself. And the reward, mm, it's sweet. You attract those who do the work on themselves as you begin to do the work on yourself. And as you continue to do the work on yourself, those around you continue to do the work on themselves. And I promise you won't fall short of the glory. It's not possible. So the resource for this tip is the Track Your Shame Worksheet. Get a pen and paper, write it down, go back to, I don't know if it was five or if it was seven, or maybe um, it was in utero and you just came out this way. Go ahead and start to track those things and um, do your work. It has been such a pleasure sitting in this seat with your ears listening. 
I hope you got something from this because I did. And I hope you come back next week. I also hope you share this podcast with a friend because this is truly the gift that keeps on giving. Be blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sincerely Shameless podcast, where the resilient, relentless, and shameless thrive. If you'd like to learn more about The Shameless Brand, please be sure to visit us at www.theshamelessbrand.com. If you'd like to learn more about the founder, writer, and curator of The Shameless Brand, please be sure to follow her at Instagram at she so with two o's shameless underscore and if you'd like to take advantage of our sponsored partners with better help please be sure to click the link within the body of this podcast we are so excited about your healing and growth we look forward to seeing you next week with life love abundance and joy talk soon <laughs>